great creator, the mighty one of this universe. We come before you this day as a people who are seeking, seeking you and seeking truth. We pray that you look down on this body and whoever is gathered in your name on this Sabbath day, that you would bless them and be with them, open their eyes to more truth, heal those that have special infirmities, be their Yahweh Rapha. We pray, Almighty Yahweh, now that you'll bless all your people as they strive in this world of sin to overcome, one day to be raised incorruptible by the power of an angel as Yahshua returns to this earth and gathers his elect. May each, each of us strive to be like your son in all ways, follow his examples, and learn the ways of you. This is our goal, Almighty Father, as we study your word to learn more. So we ask for your special blessings on this gathering and that uh, you will open eyes of the blind to more of your truth. And in Yahshua's name we pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Before you uh, leave today, we uh, would like you to give a special greeting to Lewis and Merla Murillo, who were baptized this week and uh, came all the way from Connecticut. And hallelujah. The angels in heaven are rejoicing, and speaking of angels, we'll, we'll speak of them today. But uh, they're uh, very dedicated. They're wanting to serve Yahweh. And uh, for concerns of the weather, they thought they'd get baptized while they could. And we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, like today, if we would even have uh, a storm or whatever. So just greet them, too, and they're, they're very great, nice people. So, Angels. These supernatural beings have always held a fascination for us humans. We want to know more about them, what they do, why they do. Their appearance is depicted dressed in pure white with large wings surrounding Yahweh's throne in heaven or floating on clouds with, by blowing uh, golden trumpets. Illustrations of angels shows a blending of one biblical feature with another that's not necessarily related. We think of Sunday worship. That comes to mind. The best evidence they have is that Yahshua was resurrected Sunday morning, which he wasn't. He was gone by Sabbath night, by the sunset Sabbath night, three days and three nights. But they use that as a pretext to say, well, that resurrection day somehow makes a worship day. Yet there's nothing scripturally about creating worship day out of a resurrection day. And besides, Sunday morning, as I said, was not the resurrection time. The fact that angels can travel instantly from point A to point B leads people to believe they fly with wings. Wings. They're from a different spirit. Being the cherubim in scripture, with their wings spread over the mercy seat. You've seen the depictions of the ark. Incidentally, the myth of a chubby little baby uh, angel or Cupid who shoots arrows of love on Valentine's Day gets its name from cherub, the Hebrew cherubim. Mythical, of course. Angels are sovereign beings of very high intelligence. 
Yahweh uses them in a variety of ways. They have independent thought. They can decide which way they want to go. Do they want to stay with Yahweh or do they want to rebel like a third of them did with Hasatan? You find this in 2 Samuel 14, 17 to 20. A single angel empowered by Yahweh could destroy this earth in a flash. The powers are unlimited given by Yahweh himself. But why did Yahweh create them? That's the question I want to ask today and answer, hopefully, from the scriptures. But they have not only, not always existed. Your Bible says that he made angels at the time he made the universe. In Nehemiah 9, 6, they are called the host of heaven. So there must be a lot of them, and there are. Yahweh alone. Thou hast made heavens, the heavens of heavens with all their hosts, and the host of heaven worships thee. We see that angels worship Yahweh, just as we do. Still, we don't worship angels. John was told twice in Revelation 19 and verses 10 and 22, don't worship me. He wanted to worship the angel. Worship Yahweh, he was told. The word angel comes from malach, which means messenger. Add an I to that, and it means my messenger, where we get the book Malachi. That's a big part of what they do. They give messages from Yahweh to man. They communicate. They're communicators, for one thing. Recall in Genesis 18, Yahweh said, I'll go down to Sodom because of the great cry there and see what's going on. So he sent two angels to Sodom. And we remember the story then, what transpired after that. Angels will be sent by Yahshua to gather the wicked to Gehenna fire and the righteous to salvation. It's another job they do. We can also see their perceptiveness in Matthew 28, 5, verse 7. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Yahshua. He was fully aware of it. He was sent, which was impaled. He's not here, for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the master lay. Came in there, tomb was gone, empty. He was gone. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. I've often wondered, where were the guys? It was the women that came to the, I don't know what, but he told them, go back. Tell the men, the disciples, what happened here. You may even have seen and talked with an angel at some point. Because Hebrews 13.2 says, Don't neglect to entertain strangers, for some, some have entertained angels and don't know it. Didn't know it. It has happened in the recent past that someone suddenly appeared and then disappeared. Or said something extraordinary and you think, well, how did he know that? He come up with that. I have to believe it's at some point we've had angels visit here. I just happen to believe it. There's an elder up north, Elder Sam Graham, gives the account in the early years where a group of believers were meeting in the wintertime at a house, I guess, a building, and there was fresh snow on the ground. It was night. And two men knocked on the door and introduced those people to the sacred name Yahweh. 
And then they left. So they took a look outside. No footprints. No footprints coming or going. He'll attest to this. I don't know if he was there, but he certainly knew people who saw it. Just as humans do, angels exercise moral judgment. They have free moral agency. And they can fail at that as well as we. And we know the third did. When Hasatan rebelled and sought to transcend Almighty Yahweh, a third of the angels were convinced to throw in with the adversary. There must have been some strong pull there. I often wondered, what did he promise them? Did he promise them things like he promised Yahshua or Eve to sin? You can be like Yahweh? Is that what he promised them? Did he use the same promises on them when he tempted Yahshua to follow him right after his immersion? Went up into the mountain. Three times he he, uh, tried to tempt him to follow him. Angels are also inquisitive, having a keen sense in earthly affairs. They want to know. They want to know about us. They want to know about the future. What's Yahweh got for us? They want to know. Likewise, verse uh, 10 of Luke 15, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of Elohim over one sinner that repents. Angels are pulling for us. They care about what happens to us. They rejoice when called out believers turn to Yahweh and commit to the covenant through immersion. We read in 1 Peter 1.12 that angels want to know about our world as well as Yahweh's plans for Yahshua's return. They want to know. Yahshua said not even the angel in heaven know it, but Yahweh himself. He knows the timing of his, his son's return. When we read of angels in the word, we typically... See only one or two in action. Notice that there's a couple. A couple came to Sodom and a couple here and there came to Abraham and so forth. But there are many, many angels. Beyond comprehension, there's so many. Hebrews 12.22 tells us there is an innumerable company of angels. Also, Revelation 5, verse 11, talks about 10,000 times 10,000, which I guess is 100 million but there's also thousands and thousands of them. Kind of like the sands of the sea, you know. Um, hey, they're out there. There's also rank among angels. Paul hints at it in 1 Timothy 5.21. I charge thee before Elohim and the master Yahshua Messiah and the elect angels. So there's a certain bunch of angels that are elect special, that you observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Elect means chosen. I looked it up. Chosen angels are chosen for something special. So Yahweh has preference in angels, just as he does with people who follow him. We also read of Michael, the only angel called an archangel in in the scriptures. In fact, that word only appears twice, archangel. It appears it again, it appears again, uh, without an a attribute of whoever he's talking about. The term archangel indicates superiority over angels. In Daniel 10, 13, and 21, Michael is also called one of the chief princes. It doesn't say necessarily he's an archangel. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't say. 
But this is solid evidence that Yahshua was not Michael, as he is greater than any angel, including chief angels. Another time we read of the archangel at the second coming when the voice of the archangel will be heard. The blast of the trumpet, the voice of the archangel, then Yahshua appears. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Now, what about evil spirit beings? What are they? In Daniel 10.13, we see a prince of Persia who withstands Daniel for 21 days during his purification process until Michael has to come to his aid. 21 days. How did he withstand I don't know. But a fascinating note in our Restoration Study Bible says, this passage offers a glimpse into the angelic realm, just as in the natural, there is a constant battle occurring in the angelic. This also indicates that each nation of a kingdom may contain a certain angelic, perhaps demonic, influence. So there's conflict going on where we can't see it. Philosopher William James, who had an interest in such things, said he saw in a vision the uh, nation of India, and he said it was just swarming with demons, swarming with them. Not surprising, seeing the Hindu religion and its, all of its pagan GODs and the practice of yoga, the union of self with the inner spirit, that is in everything, they say which is another pagan concept. I would never practice yoga. A similar thing may also be seen in Revelation 16, 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Three unclean spirits. 16, 14. For there are spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of Yahweh Almighty. There's an evil spirit influence that's going to gather men to fight, fight Yasha. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Armageddon is the staging area. That's not, they always say, the battle of Armageddon. That's, that's just where the nations gather. Then they march on Jerusalem. That's where the battle's going to take place. They want to destroy Jerusalem, and they're going to come pretty close to it until Yahshua intervenes. Paul wrote, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6.12. That's where the real battle goes on. Spiritual wickedness in high places. I, I sometimes feel like it kind of bleeds off of that and influences the world, the wickedness that, from that place or whatever the, the uh, battle is. Evil human beings can become the agents, the channels of the demonic host. As with angels, there is also a ranking of saints chosen for the first resurrection. David will hold a kingship position right under Yahshua the Messiah. It's called the prince, Ezekiel 34, 24. Yahshua said in his father's house are many offices. That's the Greek meno. And he is going to prepare a position for the chosen believers there. A position depending on, I assume, rank. John 14, 2. 
Yahshua promised in Revelation 2.23 that he'll give rewards according to our works. What are these rewards? Verse 26 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. This is obviously at the resurrection. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. The chosen will also have authority over angels. Apostle Paul in Colossians 1.16 speaks of Yahweh's creation and includes thrones, dominions, principalities, and authorities. This is the angelic world, the spirit world. We clearly find a heavenly hierarchy where each has a job to do, where whether angels are us, maybe the angels will help us. I assume they will because we will be above the angels and we can do like Yahweh probably does. We probably, I should put it this way, we probably can do as Yahweh does and Yahshua and command the angels to do certain things for us if we are faithful. So angels exist in a spirit realm. That's where they were created by virtue of Yahweh, how Yahweh made them. They, they exist in a realm we cannot see, but at times we're, we get in touch with it in different ways. We humans, on the other hand, have a physical, uh, physical existence with the promise of attaining what the angels have and even greater. So to be found worthy of the spirit world means Challenging mortal life of overcoming sin, overcoming our own natures, overcoming trials, overcoming tribulations, temptations, and the pulls of Hasatan, as well as our own human nature. And that's a big order, but that's what, what our lot is to do that. A life of ups and downs, happiness and sorrow, we're all familiar with it. Which means that when his faithful are chosen by Yahweh, he rewards them with greater positions than the angels who didn't have to go through all of this. They were created already, spirit beings. We're not there yet. The saints prove worthy by coming up through the ranks, you might say. And through the fire, so to speak. You know, Yahshua is placed first in the life of the believer, overcoming the sin that dominates our world. We do what he does. We act as he acted. Yahweh never leaves us helpless. He anticipated the believer's hard life by overcoming this world, and so he provided us a track, a way to go, a way we can pattern our life after. He didn't remove the obstacles, but he gave a portion of the Holy Spirit for overcoming them. Find that in Hebrews 1.13. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Wait a minute, what, what does it mean by Holy Spirit of promise? I thought you got the Holy Spirit. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. You know, until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory, it says... When you make a large purchase, like buying a house, and you want to ensure that it hasn't been sold out from under you, you put down earnest money. I'm earnestly wanting to buy this house, and by doing that, I give some money toward the purchase. 
to show your true intent. The RSB note says this earnest or portion of the spirit is a pledge or deposit with more to come if we are faithful. So the spirit grows within us. <coughs> Excuse me. So he gave us his scriptures as a guidebook. He gave us his son as a way to follow, including the life stories of the successful believers who went before us. We can look at the Bible. We can read what they went through. Sounds like us. You ever read the Bible and say, man, that sounds just like what I'm going through. Of course it is, because we face the same obstacles in this life. <clears throat> he gave us the scriptures, a guide to a righteous life. He gave us everything we need. He also sent Yahshua to be a model, a gateway into the kingdom. In the word, angels often intervened to help his people and be a gateway into the kingdom. Like Balaam with his talk, talking donkey. Balaam was acting like, <laughs> another word is like donkey. He was, he was acting terrible. And he was like kicking the donkey, like, go, go, go. And the donkey wouldn't move. And then Yahweh he has the donkey speak, finds out there's an angel with a sword right in their way. He couldn't see it, but the, Yahweh let the donkey see it. With a talking donkey. He furnished all the helps we need. We aren't defenseless if we would just rely on him. We aren't alone. It's now up to each of us to make it happen in our, in our lives. And that's what we do as we live through Psalm 91, 11 to 12 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all your ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Ever had that happen? Something should have happened and it didn't. You were protected from it, saved from it. So how do the angels stack up against Yahshua? Of Yahshua, we read in Hebrews 1, 4, being made so much better than the angels as he hath, hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Hmm, isn't that curious? Excellent name. Hebrews 1.13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now. We're seeing angels interact with us as ministering spirits. Angels minister to Yahweh's people, it says, who will one day have authority over the angels. 1 Corinthians 6.2, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? No, you're not, but you shall judge angels. How much more are things that pertain to this life? Well, judge is crino and includes to distinguish, to choose, to give an opinion of. And if we knew more about what the angels do, getting down to brass tacks, so to speak, then we would know more about how the saints will judge the angels. But that remains to be seen. In, that's, you know, in, in Yahweh's creation, 
Yahweh's image, he made man. But also, he made man to be redeemed because of his sin by Yahshua. 1 Peter 2.9, Ephesians 1.7. Angels are not created in Yahweh's image and are not redeemed by Yahshua. Hebrews 2.16. The third of the rebellious angels were not given a chance to repent and rely on the blood of Yahshua. They can't repent. He took care of them just like that. In the kingdom, angels will serve or minister to the resurrected saints as well. Hebrews 1.14. You see, it's all about family. Yahweh's asking for people to come and join his family, to make a commitment to him, to do what a family does, not break the rules, but adhere to the rules of a family. Well, you know, when parents raise children, they want the children to, you know, we're a family. We don't do those things, bad things that you might be in tempted to do. It's all about family. And some take on, sons take on the father's name as well. Yahshua inherited the family name, Yah, as in Yahweh, by virtue of being Yahweh's son. Just, you know, that's the way it goes. Some will ask, well, how do you know that his name is Yahshua and not something like Yeshua? Well, we know etymologically for one, Literally and anecdotally for two and three. Hebrews 1.4 is one reference to the heavenly family name Yah. Speaking of Yahshua being made so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Because he's Yahshua. He's part of the Yah family. When we were in Israel, uh, they're very would you say, over, overly concerned about using Yahweh's name when the Bible says over and over to command it to use his name, but they, they think it's too holy. But they, we understand the, uh, our guide on the second trip, he didn't have any aversion to using Yah, but he won't say the whole name. And our first trip over there, I remember my father asking our guide, is his name Yahweh? And the Jewish guide says, you said it, but would not say it herself. So, Yeshua with an E is a simple, non-specific term, meaning he will save. That's what it means, Yeshua. He will save. The name Yahshua, on the other hand, means Yah is salvation. A little more specific, isn't it? A little more of a family name. A lot more a family name. Yah saves. Yahweh is not Yahweh in the Hebrew. We don't say hallelujah. Yah is the more excellent name. Ultimately, it is Yahweh who saves as Yahshua does the will of his father. That's pretty clear in scripture. Additionally, he came in his father's name, John 5.43. And we read in Exodus 23.21, which says, my name is in him. How much more do you need? You know? Joshua, Yahshua, same, same name with the correct beginning letter, Y, and then the A-H. A son carries his father's name. That's been the case since the beginning of time. Even today, names that mean son of literally have son in their last syllable. Anderson, 
son of Ander. Harris, son, son of Harris. Prefixes that do that in the first syllable are Mac, as in MacDonald, son of Donald. Or O apostrophe, as in O'Reilly. That means son of Riley. It's a contraction. And Fritz, I should say Fitz, like in Fitzgerald. That means son of Gerald. Hebrews 1.4 also intimates that angels have names, although only four such names are mentioned in Scripture. Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer, and Abaddon, or Apollyon in the Greek, the, uh, the mighty one of the bottomless pit, Revelation 9.11. If Yahweh has numbered and named the angels, or all the stars, Psalm 147.4, he surely has numbered and named each of the angels. He surely knows how many and has their name. That's, that's nothing for him. He's the greatest computer anybody could imagine. Big numbers are no problem for an omniscient Elohim. Yahweh says, my people shall know my name. G-O-D is not a name. It only became a name by virtue of its years and years of use. People start referring to it as a name. It's not a name. It's only a title. And if you don't know and call on his name, how can you be of him? How can you be as in his family? To use the generic term G-O-D, people need lots of qualifying adjectives. You notice that? They got to use how to specify exactly the one they're talking about. The great G-O-D. Um, the father G-O-D. Um, G-O-D the father. The only true G-O-D. Just use his name, you know. It's not that hard. You don't need to define who you mean when you call on his name Yahweh. Because he is... That's his only name. Scripture says so. Just more validation that he is his only uh, generic mighty one if you call him by a generic title, G-O-D. Because Paul said there are many gods and many lords. Which one? Don't know. Just use his name and you'll know which one. 1 Corinthians 8.5. Now, Yahshua said that children have guardian angels. We know, we know that, Matthew 18.10. It talks about guardian angels, angels that keep them safe when they should have fallen off a, out of a tree or drowned somewhere, and uh, they were protected. And called out believers have angels too. How do you know? Well, Psalm 91.11, For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. Don't step there. Look out. I was walking down my lane there one day, and a cat uh, ran in front of me, and I stopped. And at that point, a big old branch came down. I would have been a goner there again. For he should give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Why? Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. His name. He uses his name, it draws us closer to him. More affirmation of guardian angels is 
Psalm 34, 7, the angel of Yahweh encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. How about Hebrews 1.13? But to which of the angels say that in any time sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Minister to the saints. It appears that this covers all of us. As we've seen, angels are more than mere messengers. They deliver the divine word, of course. They comfort, as they did Yahshua. Remember, Yahshua asked if this cup could, any way this cup could be taken from me. I don't have to go through all the abuse and the death. And uh, the answer was from Yahweh, no. But Yahweh sent an angel to comfort him. They give direction. They are mouthpieces. For Yahweh. They do battle against evil, either man made or against physical enemies like the Assyrian army in 2 Kings 19, or satanic evil as between Michael and Satan in Revelation 12 7. Here's something to think about. I once asked an elderly elder, we got into a conversation, and I, I said something like, Well, we know that. Uh, the demons are fallen angels. And he said, are you sure? Think about this. Often we hear that. If so, how can we reconcile 2 Peter 2.4 and Jude 16? I'm sorry, 1.6. 2 Peter 2.4. For if Elohim spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to Tartaru and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So where are they? Apparently they're chained up in Tartaru. And again, Jude 1.6 in the New Revised Standard says, And the angels who did not keep their own position but let, left their uh, proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains in deepest darkness for judgment of the great day. Hmm, how can they be chained in darkness until judgment and still be flying around doing all sorts of bad things as demons? Doing Satan's will. Something to think about. This uh, entire idea was made popular, of course, in the second and third centuries under uh, Christian teachings. Paul said in Ephesians 6.12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. How can fallen angels as demons have any power or influence over us if they're chained in Tartaru? Another problem. We see in both Old Testament and New Testament, demons are able to possess human beings. We know that. We even had an incident one time in early days of the assembly where someone came and expressed a demonic influence. It was clear. <laughs> it was, there was no question about that. It was clear through the things that she did and whatever. So the demons can possess people. Now, ever heard of an angel possessing somebody? If demons are fallen angels, have you ever heard of an angel possessing somebody? If you have, I'd like to know. I can't think of any. I can't think of one. 
we never see an angel occupying an individual. Other aspects of angels, just something to think about. Uh, other aspects of angels, Judges 13.6, fearful to behold in their glory. That's what, they, what uh, Samson's mother's description. She called terrible, but the word is fearful. She, she was approached by an angel talking about her future birth of, to Samson, and she was, she was uh, completely uh, overtaken. She was so afraid. Matthew 28, 3. What else can we learn about angels? Just a quick synopsis. Their appearance is like lightning and their raiment white as snow. Isaiah 6, 2. The seraphim stand over Yahweh's throne and cry to one another that Yahweh is holy. It's another thing they do. They sit and they praise Yahweh all day long. I guess we don't measure up to that, do we? Genesis 3.24, they're guards, as in the way of the tree of life. They guarded the tree of life so no one can go in and take of it. So they were guards at that point. Acts 7.53 and Galatians 3.19, they're deliverers of the law. Daniel 4.13 to 17, they are modes of revelation to the prophets. So Yahweh uses angels in a variety of ways, very important beings in his, in his work, in his army, in his uh, design of this world and this universe. We might have a chance one day, if we're faithful, to actually use an angel for doing something for Yahweh. Go do that. Go tell those people something. And that happened a lot in Scripture. We know about that. Uh, go down and visit them and tell them what they're doing wrong. His angels protect Yahweh's people. How many times have we seen and how many times have you and I kept an angel, by an angel, I should say, kept from a devastating situation? We may not have known it. We say, the average guy say, boy, I missed that one, like uh, a tree limb falling down or uh, whatever could be, uh, could be the cause of uh, something serious. Trains coming. Um, I often, <laughs> I've never had that situation, but I often wonder how people can get hit by a train. If they're, are they completely deaf? I mean, trains are loud, and they blow their horns. I mean, it can happen, or they could fall on the tracks. I mean, there's all sorts of ways it could happen. But have we ever been saved for something like that? A car wreck. You've got to get somewhere real quick, and so you hurry, 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 and something gets in the way. You find out. Down the road, if you had been two minutes earlier, you would have been in that wreck. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. Uh, we all have experiences like that where you know for sure, like, like when we, uh, we uh, were going to uh, uh, minister down in uh, Arkansas, and it was in the wintertime. Maybe I've told this before. And uh, they, they closed the library we were in halfway through, so we headed on home. Didn't look like any snow, but all of a sudden, boy, we were hit. Big slushy snow, kind of like this, with some ice underneath, and came around a curve, and there was a car crossways right in the road. And um, Ryan was with me in another car. And, I mean, we had, it looked like no hope of survival. I mean, we couldn't stop. You don't stop on slush going down a mountain. 
we weren't speeding, but we were going down a tight, tight curve, and this guy was standing out there, oh, don't hit my BMW, you know. And we had to have missed him by this much between that and going over the ledge. I mean, that's how dicey it was. An angel had to have been there. I can only think that an angel saved us from that. So we don't know. But think about that sometimes when uh, either you're talking to somebody new, whether you're saved from a, a terrible situation. Did Yahweh send his angel for that? Something to think about. An accident or whatever, probably more times than we could count. But Yahweh's going to be with his people. He promises protection. So, angels, I'll close with this, are among us. And I praise Yahweh for them. Hallelujah.